You're listening to Boys Don't Cry with Russell Kane, brought to you by Joe. Hello, welcome to Boys Don't Cry. I'm Russell Kane. It's the podcast where I get two guys together and force them to talk about the things that girls are always nagging us to talk about. Why don't men talk about stuff like this? Well, it happens on here. But I notice straight away that when men get together and do that, they immediately start making assumptions. Well, do you know what? That's because women are like this. So we've had to also <laughs> add a lady auditor for each episode. Today's lady auditor is AJ Adudu. Such a lady. Yeah, she is lady. Thank you. Uh, and my panel, I mean, I'm so buzzing today. I've got former England rugby star, Ugo Monye. Welcome. Thank you very much. And also, I've got Dr. Alex George with me. Love Island heartthrob, although heartthrob yeah. could be a sign of atherosclerosis, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or an impending heart attack, of course. But I'm not in that situation right now. Good. So uh, we, I was having a think in the week about what to talk about with you guys, and I, I've got so many subjects like that. I, I know people keep messaging me about. Do, why have you not done pornography? Why have we done sexual confidence? The mm. stuff that men are obsessed with. However, it would be criminal not to talk about health illness and injury given the two connoisseurs on the subject I've got here one a receiver one a chef yeah. <laughs> not a chef I'm butchering them up yeah. <laughs> coming, yeah, an illness on. chef no what problem. would you like I have the Ebola if you would like <laughs> um, so I'm convinced there is a gender divide on this subject women are as bad at it as men are saying oh men you know men have man flu women have a higher pain threshold and all the stereotypes today I want to get to the bottom are the stereotypes are there gender differences do we deal with pain and injury in a different way are we more or less hypochondriac than the other sex but first of all Ugo I think we need to address the lack of elephant in the room you don't look like the elephant man <laughs> AJ just before we started recording oh yeah no honestly, ask the question. I've got a question for you okay. and that question is why doesn't your face look bashed up yeah, you, know what? you don't have right. cauliflower ears all of these traits that like hey, bruv, rugby players don't have she said you didn't tackle your coward you know what yes. I mean? oh, yeah. what's going on he's a very excellent winger and basically what they do is just wait for the ball to arrive and just you, know, you sit around most of the game they catch right. the ball and they just score the try so the you end. don't so get, stuck get stuck well, in well you get stuck in you just don't get stuck in like some of the other guys who you kind of would Use see the qualifier. <laughs> and do you know what cauliflower ear is what so if you ever had a dead leg or a dead arm or something so you get a bit of bruising so that swelling is just like a pocket of fluid so if you could imagine your ear getting hit it develops a pocket of fluid the reason why it becomes deformed is because it gets hit 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 never any chance to recover and it just goes hard so it's a complete deformity we are <laughs> slaves to the game apart from you though how have you dodged this is well, it actually position you might not be able to see it but if my research is correct, in oh. 2012, you were fully knocked out in South Africa, weren't you? Oh, my What happened? Days. No, weird. Oh, so... See? Men have real injuries. Yeah. Actually. Okay. I've had injuries, okay, so just the ones you can see, and that's not because okay. I'm yeah, not... Yeah, he had broccoli head. It's I had broccoli head, yeah. <laughs> my head was fully, like, flopped off. Yeah. What happened? Um, so I was playing a game, so we toured in South Africa, and South Africans are the most physical team in the world. So well, they do pl- love to see a diverse English team, don't they? <laughs> they do. They absolutely love us coming over. No history there at all. All of us getting on. Hey, that's what it. do you mean you do a friends? This is not appropriate. That's a good South connection. That's very good. Anyway, let's leave them. So I'm playing this game. Yeah. I made a break. I got tackled from behind. Someone ankle tapped me, and the guy in front of me, I end up falling over and smacking my head onto his knee and getting knocked out. <gasps> Immediately. Yeah, I was cleaned out. I was in. I was snoring. 
had my head down. I was just uh, eating turf or snoring. So yeah, I mean. And did you but, wake up in hospital or in in jail? I woke up. I woke up in the change room to lads like filming me. <laughs> this <laughs> oh, is brilliant. The problem is now we get to the first gen. This is a serious injury. You've just been knocked out, and everyone's like, AJ, if you went to play because you're quite sporty, if you went to do like a tough mudder with your girlfriends in the week, and you slipped over and smashed your head and knocked out, would you be woken up <laughs> to the girls going, AJ, you're out cold. No. Uh, we flopped one of your boobs out. We drawn an eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't happen, would it? it? That would not That's happen. That's not sexist for me to say. That is a difference between men and women, right? I think you're right. Women are immediately concerned. My friends would be like, oh my gosh, we need to get an ambulance. We need to call the doctor. I'd have phone calls days later being like, would what you be is happening? disappointed there was no video evidence of you slipping? <laughs> Because no. I was quite thrilled when I saw the video, I saw the footage, I was like, it's let, quite sweet. let me bring in Dr. Alex here. <laughs> now, I'm a bit of a science nerd, right? So I'm always trying to show off, even though I've got a literature degree. But there is a lot of <laughs> evidence that what's going on there isn't just lads with a camera phone. That humour, goodwill, might actually have a healing aspect. For example, mm. if you take two lads of equal height, equal health, both have the head injury, one wakes up alone, no one giving a toss. The other one wakes up with the lads feeling and going, you were out. There is evidence, right, that the lads surrounded by the banter is more likely to have a positive outcome. Explain that to us. Well, I think a lot of it's to do with the fact that, you know, if you've got people around you encouraging, saying, look, you're going to be fine, be fine, you're literally a positive mental attitude, you can try and get you over that. How can that link to the organism itself? Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Mm. I wonder if we actually can even explain that properly, because, Mm. yeah, how do you make that connection? But it's, it's certain that, you know, if you have the right attitude, you can get over injuries. If you look at people that have very serious injuries, maybe they've had a fracture of their leg and had an operation, you'll have one person who's kind of, I don't want to push it, I don't want to push it. And then maybe the other person who they're like, come on, let's get out of this. And the people around them like, come on, you get better, you get stronger. And, and actually they make a recovery much quicker. And I think a lot of it is, is psychological. But do you actually it- recover? Or do you just think that you've recovered because you have this positive mental attitude? The placebo effect proves it. If I was to hand out sugar pills to a receptive audience and go, those of you with migraines, we shouldn't even be giving you this. This pill is a new migraine treatment. It cures migraine in 30 minutes. It might have the side effects. You might get a pain in your ankle, but it cures migraine. A percentage of that room would go, my migraine's healed, but my ankle, man, what's happening? They would feel it and their migraine would go. So it would indicate that there's something in this lad... Thing that girl, girls don't necessarily have as much. Mm. You have the kit that might be the less light in the room with therapy candle and talk about your illness. <laughs> <laughs> lads, like you're on the floor, wanker. I feel yeah. well. Thanks, lads. <laughs> <laughs> part of it is, I think, I wonder part of it's though actually that you feel like because everyone's around you saying you, you should be fine, that you think yeah. I, I really should be fine, I should get on with this. Because I think, interestingly, like I'm sure there's been times where you played rugby where have you been knocked out momentarily and then you've woken up and felt a bit concussed? Because concussion's a hot topic within rugby, Yeah, concussion it? is a massive one, but on the pos- positive mental attitude, I couldn't agree more. I've recovered from injuries when I've been desperate to play in matches. I remember in 2012, my club had its first ever Premiership final and five weeks before that, I ended up tearing my hamstring almost off the bone. And that was me like, I was done. There's no way I was going to heal. There's no way I was going to heal. But and do you feel like a sort of a manly pressure that you have to rejoin in? Like you're not yeah. you're letting the team down. Like you've got to get back on the pitch. Yeah, completely. Because I remember after I did it, I was actually in the physio room and I was I was crying. I was devil because I knew the Premiership final was gone. But I also didn't want to miss the opportunity. Five weeks later, I played in the Premiership final. I played the whole eighty minutes, and then I did research afterwards. I had 70% strength in my hamstring, which I'd injured, mm. and my right one was completely cool. Had I known that beforehand, I don't think I'd have been able to do it, but because 
I was so motivated, so willing to, and I've got the coach and I've got the lad, mate, we need you. I didn't ever want to let him down, so yeah. you almost force yourself into positions. So, so you would risk your career for the sake of going out there and... It's yeah, always it's a balance, balance, isn't it? Because if you think, if you think like that, you know, in that scenario, you could, is it also a risk that if you push yourself too soon, exactly. too early, you go back and... That's what I mean, you, you still do this. You know, you but can't. in a sporting environment, you're not ever thinking yeah. about tomorrow. You don't live for tomorrow. I, I was living for today, and if pushing it too hard meant that I re-injured myself at least I knew I'd given it everything that I needed mm. so there is that pressure there's the pressure on yourself and it's different in like I think in elite sport because I would have hated to have been sat on the bench thinking oh I could have been out there even mm. with and, a bad hammer does that come back to that thing that's fed to little boys more than girls when you're a kid you know don't be a yeah. I've inverted comma around it guys don't be a pussy man get up, up and carry get back on, on yeah. carry on man up get back on the pitch was it it's, it's put into us quite it's early a very fine line mm. because if you think there's some positive aspects but also like I think what would concern me it, and does concern I think a lot of healthcare professionals within rugby is that we know concussion can actually have some long term serious effects you, you, when you get knocked out your brain has been hit so hard you literally your neurons are kind of reset they've gone well this is too much system reboot um, and actually if you think the attitude of oh I've just been knocked out can't carry on you know I don't yeah. let the lads down come on one of the boys and you play on with this and you get another injury in the same match another head injury it's actually very serious yeah. So why girls do better than boys at school. Yeah, they're they're allowed fun. to be injured. Sit yeah. here, baby, begin recovering your princess tint. Where it's like, get back out there. <laughs> academic grades drop. Well, no, it's, it's, come on, AJ, mm. you've got to admit, I'm as lefty, there is no gender difference trying to bring the genders together more than anyone you know. Mm. But here, there is a gulf between how the genders deal with injury, right? Definitely. I mean... I've got Nigerian parents, so it is a little bit different because they're just... Go on, tell us. I'm, I'm just, into the cultural aspect. Like, honestly, my Nigerian... I mean, probably heard from your accent you were Nigerian anyway. Yeah, 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 so you can just tell. It's not African, right? <laughs> so African. Whatever I'm in Lagos. <laughs> the fish and chips are amazing. <laughs> but genuinely, African parents are notoriously tough on their children. Right. Did um, you get hit as a kid? Yeah, you know, it's just one of those, it, you know, part of... I was disciplined and I, it was always explained to me right this is why you're getting a smack this is what you've done wrong to deserve this punishment etc etc and I've got five brothers my five brothers would fall over and cry and my mum would say exactly the same thing to the girls and uh -huh. so internally in my home environment I've never grown up around that okay boys aren't allowed to cry but girls are in our house no one was allowed to and, cry and yet when, I, yet when I, I, you had a documentary on in the week manhunting with my mum I was shocked because you, well, you meet Nigerian women and they're like they're like the queens of the house you don't mess with them and yet when I watched that documentary it was like something from the middle ages you're like kneeling before the men you have to serve the men the dinner so I was, in I was, some there places, was a real disconnect yeah. between what you're saying now about the women are just as tough as the men mm. but that overriding patriarchal culture was still there that's quite confusing yeah. growing up isn't it yeah well again my mum wasn't so you know set in those roles you know being in the UK she didn't kneel to my dad <laughs> or anything like that and that you know there are these patriarchal roles in Nigeria that are still upheld till today that said in other parts of Nigeria Uptown Lagos for example Uptown, the very Uptown, Uptown Lagos I love that song by Billy Joe it's amazing Uptown Lagos Downtown Lagos Uptown Lagos I hope you can hear that one lyric no, yes really yeah good. clear that um, but 
but you know they're more with the times there's a more of an equal footing for men and women so come on then I'll, I'll, it's a different era How, mm. what you smacked was it clipped around the leg let's, let's, let's go around the panel See, and I find, find this interesting done. because I said did you get hit as a kid and automatically you went no I got disciplined yeah. so the next like, person they took a beating like I know how I got disciplined at home well let's, like, let's talk about what, what, what do a discipline you get <laughs> Anything that was at arm's reach, <laughs> reach, I got hit with it. A wooden spoon, it could be an electric cord, it could be anything. Seriously. But honestly... How many brothers, sisters, what's the I've got two brothers, two sisters, there's five of us. And we all got hit, beat, whatever. But actually, at home, we understood it as just discipline. Mm. Today, and did they convert the getting getting afterwards? I'm now going to kick you through the H as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, it's just straight yeah. beating, but it's funny considering our mm. backgrounds, we're both Nigerian, funnily enough. Yeah. Um, we consider that as discipline but actually so actually when we're talking about injuries and um, the different sexes and the viewpoints on it I think it comes down to perspective yeah. because for you it's discipline for me it's discipline but today I went, I've got a daughter she's 18 months old I mean she's too young to even know what's going on I'm not going to start hitting her but <laughs> no one report me but she's under two do you know what I mean she's like, yeah, way too early two and a half she's, yeah, she's tar- getting target it target on the back I'll give you a five second head start <laughs> <It's terrible. laughs> I just would never do you know remember I just would never implement that kind of discipline today. So, so it's generational. I, I think so. Well, Alex, Alex like now, you. I, I, you talk very fondly about your parents. Mm. You talk quite a sweet, close relationship mm. with them. It's a sort of genteel, middle class existence. I can't imagine them. Maybe coming after you, I don't know, with a, a pair of galoshes or... Yeah, I think it was very rare. I think sometimes mum <laughs> would lose it and chase around the sauce, but not, never actually the intention of... Uh, yeah. So it, was just, it was just like, you're, you're in trouble kind of thing. But no, I mean, I was smacked once or twice, but very, very rarely. And I think... What, it's your mum or your dad? Because there is a difference. Mum, generally, mum. What's interesting now is actually that I've got a younger brother who's 10 years younger than me, and the way he used discipline is very different. Like, he, mm. would, he definitely would never be smacked at all yeah. and they very much talk through things with him and say look this is this is why you shouldn't do that but I think when I was younger it was like right you've done that wrong and I think you're right I think it is kind of slightly generational I think yeah, things definitely. are changing and the way that we approach things the way society views discipline has definitely. changed I guess I'm slightly interested AJ do you reckon it made you harder mm. and I mean like being able to deal with stuff when you went to school we're still talking about injuries all the rest of it that whole get up and just get over it do you mm. reckon it made you harder because yeah. of that question honestly I really do because say for example name calling at school I've heard this at home from my own parents so it's sort of like <laughs> yeah got that uh, rejection <laughs> you know in TV to this day still get rejected for jobs left right and centre been rejected at home so it's like jobs are good um, and I just feel like I feel like no one can come at me because I'm like I've had this from my own parents and they've really toughened me up is it as like a an, inoc- an emotional inoculation would that be a thing <laughs> yeah, maybe, that, maybe that's what it is I don't know but I think what's interesting if you look at people from different backgrounds regardless of whether maybe they were disciplined physically or mm. they were told off or then they sat down and explained why you've done something wrong it, I don't think it does actually make a difference to the outcome of whether that child is a, a good person I put that with inverted commas or, or not I think in reality it's the overall upbringing isn't it, Re- yeah, isn't it really? yeah, yeah. we've had a good insight into how we all deal with injury and whether discipline's got a link to how manly for dodgy word on this podcast <laughs> we are let's talk about something where there's even more of a, uh, a gender divide illness mm. that people say that men are less healthy than women we certainly die earlier we seem to have more symptoms i suspect there's a problem in how much we report our symptoms which increases our mortality in loads of conditions i wonder if men reported as much as women whether we'd match the mortality on, on lots of illnesses now injury yeah. you can't you can't hide your head's yeah. cut open you're on the rugby pitch done bang but 
weird lump or cough that goes on for a while, blokes are awful. Not me. I'm a mm. hypochondriac. <laughs> what, what, I, I, I always say warriors survive the longest until they die of a stress-related heart. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a study around there. Right, well, come on, Alex. Yeah. Take that. Let's bring Dr. Alex first yeah. of all. Is it a cliche or is it true? You've seen hundreds of people... Are men awful at reporting symptoms? Do we leave it later? Is I it- think there's definitely a trend I, you know, within A&E, particularly about people who are of a certain age, not coming in when they're having symptoms like chest pains and things like that. You'll have like maybe a, someone young my age will come in, but particularly it seems older men won't come in when they're unwell. They're coming in grey, yeah. chest pain, clammy, vomiting everywhere, going, you're literally having a heart attack. Anyone could say that, but they've waited to the last minute to come in, yeah. which can be very costly. Mm. And I think this is, this is definitely... Costly, re- like their life. Yeah. Well, yeah. It is it's a serious issue. People I, I think my old man went from my old man went from a heart attack. Gone, like that. Mm. Went to their mum and dad were on holiday, mm. top of the stairs, mm. bang, gone. Gym three times a week. He was sixty two, so my dad, dad was an older dad. But still, if, if you looked at him, you'd never guess it. Pecs on him, abs on him, had an undetected birth defect. Mm. A birth defect, a, a bicuspid aorta, if you're interested, mm-hmm. Dr. Mm-hmm. Alex, leading to a stenosis. The aorta is the like the one that looks like the Mercedes yep. sign. So we've got three mm. flaps open and shut. If you've got one flap missing, it's going to tire 30% quicker than anyone else's. It means you're going to die between 30 and 60. My dad, being particularly fit, gets to 60. So he was doing anaerobic exercise, pumping the squats, mm. then getting breathless, walking from the car... Oh my God. Yeah. And of course, the, the valve sticks, you get the ventricle hypertrophy, gets bigger and bigger, bang, bomb goes off, gone. And if he'd have just opened his mouth in the right way for mm. once, he would have been saved, right? Oh, I th- no. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it's, a, it's something we do see quite often. Yeah. I really, and I, it's so I, I sad, think, it's so yeah. avoidable, those fatalities. Yeah. Sometimes it's things that, like, yeah, murder, mur- like a chest pain thing, but sometimes, yeah, it's things like subtle things like breathless that they ignore or weight loss or, you know, maybe swollen difficulties that can actually be signs of more sinister things that they don't come forward. Because mm. a lot of the times, if we catch things early, we can really do things. Medicine's very clever these days, we can do a lot about it. What, what is it about men, Ugo? What, why? <laughs> Why are we like that? Given we're so good at filming injuries, like you're not someone's on the pit, I'll be drawing eyebrows on, taking pictures, yeah. posting it. He broke his leg. Legend boasting about yeah. it. Why then? Can't you, you find a lump on a it? testicle? Would you rather go to your grave than go to the doctor? It's a really What's weird one. On? I think we, I hate using the phrase, we want a man up. The kind of that's been instilled in you from school or whatnot, and just wanting to get on and get on with things. We want to have this appearance that we're bulletproof and nothing can penetrate this emotional, like, invisible force that we have and I did a show earlier this year and we had John Hartson on it was the full Monty it was raising awareness of prostate cancer mm. and John Hartson brilliant footballer back in his days really tough really aggressive and he was training he was elite he was elite footballer he had little like nodules on his testicles which he just ignored just nothing whatever kind of thing he felt well if I'm scoring goals every weekend I must be alright well anyway he ignored it for a couple of years he went from that to uh, cancer spreading through his lymph nodes so he then got testicular cancer lung cancer and cancer on his brain almost died said he got taken to hospital his um, wife's there his kids are there and uh, his eyes started rolling to the back of his head it's amazing he's he's alive and he's well now but the scarring on his head he's written an amazing Mm, book he's set up a foundation it's unbelievable and it's great that he's alive to be able to tell that story to actually get people to talk and all it would have taken was him just speaking to a physio going to a doctor Mm. what's this but because of sheer ignorance and just wanting to be the big guy the tough guy 
he ended up almost dying. But I think there's another part to it. I think it's a bit of both. I think in in elite sport, and it gets a little bit more complicated because if I go and tell my doctor on a Wednesday I'm not feeling great, that might put me at risk for playing at the weekend. And you then have a bit of time out. So if he went and said that he's got testicular cancer, he could have been out for a long while not getting treatment. Mm. That could then affect... The interesting thing is that for most, uh, intestinal cancer is one of the, and I say this very carefully, it's one of the best cancers in terms of if we catch it early, we can really cure it. And sometimes just by literally removing the tassel. isolated system just hanging there off your body, catch it early enough, you sort it out. Let's be honest here, right? What I do for a living, I'm a comedian, right, if you can believe that. But I (laughs) I know what's funny, I know what people take the piss out of, I know what jokes are made out of. And my opinion is this, yes, it's a combination of a little bit of fear, a little bit of big man, but men have a thing where it's a bit of a joke. No, oh, I'm not going to go and have a finger shoved up. Like, oh, you're going to yeah. prostate exam. Hey, you're something wrong with your bollocks. There's something silly about it. Yeah. I'm not trying to trivialise it. Mm. I'm just saying the only pers- I can't give a doctor or a sportsman's perspective. I can give a comic's perspective. And the jokes that are cracked are balls and bumholes and that. So there's something funny about it. And because it's funny and silly, you don't want to do it because mm. you feel humid. Mm. I mean, trying to get a guy to go for a prostate exam. Forget it. Fifty yeah. percent of men just—they they will put it off. You know, but if, for, for someone like for me, it's such a routine thing to do. Yeah. I mean, it's just something that's part of the career. And they come and think they almost really nervous about it. Well, to me, it's not a big deal at all. I know, mm. you know, it's something that people get very worried about. But actually, it could really save your life. We pick something up important. The, the, like, the language know. is funny. You say testicles in a room full of blokes, and we're all like, yeah. "It's a serious subject." I'm trying not to laugh. <gasps> I'm, I'm, like, yeah. I'm laughing at yeah. the word balls. Yeah, this is this is funny, where we're at, AJ. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. It's funny. I know. I'm 35. I'm laughing. Yeah, but when a girl goes, I'm going for a smear it's like it's it's just done it's serious yeah. medical language oh, is a yeah. bit invasive but girls know post J goody particularly yeah it's essential so there is a difference there right you, there you, if you're in the and shower and you find a lump you don't let them a good I don't want to get my boob out of the doctors oh my, oh, banter, oh my gosh we're like very straight away like mm. <laughs> get checked up mm. on everything like really regularly mm. my dad sadly had prostate cancer luckily pulled through mm. but that was because of severe nagging from my mum and eventually mm. my my mum just called the doctor and booked him in. He was never going to go. And she was constantly like, you're really going to the toilet quite a lot. And he was like, mm, That's what so I, what? I'm like, old. big deal. It's just like, you know, he was saying, I'm old. I drank a lot of water that day mm. or whatever. And there was always an excuse. For months and months and months, she was just like, it's not right, you know. I'm having, having the worst night's sleeps because your dad's just up and down and up and down and up and down eventually got him to the doctors and he had prostate cancer and the way he was I was like dad like yeah. I was we was like angry at him because we was like you've just not been listening but you know what I find interesting in men and you've just come off a show where it's exemplified even more sorry yeah it, mm. yeah even more so are you talking to Alex yeah, yeah Alex so it's a case where men are actually health conscious because everyone on that show wanted to look healthy. Mm. Mm. They wanted a six pack. They wanted so they're working out every day. I'm sure. I'm sure they worked up until they actually got into the yeah. villa. So men are aware of going to the gym, yes. working out, looking great. But in terms of more than skin deep, not interested. Mm. So it's so contradictory how we want to work out, look fit. But is it? Do we want to keep fit to look fit? But actually, keep and why? check your health and your I'll, ticker. Why? I mean, Alex is saying it's a generational thing. You see these guys in their sixties having heart attacks. Is it? Is a twenty-five-year-old guy that finds a lump on his testicle more likely to go to the doctors now than he was thirty years ago? I don't think so. Actually, no. I, I think, think people which is as awful. I think they're getting better, but I think there's still a huge. It's still a huge problem. And I, and I think a good example is that I worked in the sexual health clinic, and we'd say obviously men and women, and I it was 
worlds apart. If a lady comes in, they're very happy to talk about their sexual history, what tests they've had, if they need examination, we'll do the examination. For most part, no problem whatsoever. Have a guy come in and talking about the same same kind of questions, really kind of shut down and maybe not always as open as they could be. And then it comes to an examination, it's all oh, I don't want to do that, I don't know what you're gonna do and really worried about it. Yeah. And I think that is that is an interesting it's crazy, obvious isn't it? with all the ma- yeah. the man gender, the yeah. the warriors that go that, that get knocked out on the rugby pitch mm. and they get po- photos of it. But go and see Dr. Alex in the sexual health thing. I think sexual health is an area that we do. Uh, for me, I think, you know, I'm really focused on that. I want to make people more comfortable talking about it. I think mm. men are particularly uncomfortable give us about some, it. Give us some, not giving away any identities, mm. but some case studies, some interesting case studies, some men you saw, some things that happen. Or I've seen, you know, guys who've come into the clinic openly talk about having sex with, you know, a lot of other males and females and haven't had a test for, for three or four years, but then haven't used condoms at all and, and it's interesting because they, they come in really really worried that they've caught something but then they were too scared to come from all that time to get the checkup yeah. but then don't want to use the condom so there's oh, there's all sorts of different issues within that what the hell is and going think, on there though we're not yeah. wanting to use a condom with someone you just met is it some Darwinian thing where we're like, do you know what? I know the risks, but I will be dust in 80 years, sod it, sow the seed, and, and something short circuits in the brain. So I'd admit, it can't be that thick. I had a friend of mine who had a girlfriend. He cheated on her, and then he went to the sexual health clinic. He thought he was being responsible. Well, he was being responsible. He went, fortunately for him, the test came back and he, it was negative. He then got in a cycle where he thought he was, like, invincible, so he kept just sleeping around. Uh, but he had to no. keep yeah, going it's, back it's to sexual health It wouldn't clinic. be bad as a superpower goes, would it? That's it. I can treat, never be caught. Yeah, That's it. Fine. But he went back every Sunday, and he got to the point where he was getting embarrassed, and people, the same doctor, same nurse, was saying, so what are you doing back here? And he started lying, he was like... I think my girlfriend's cheated on me. Oh my god! So this is this is something I've, I've thought. Really? This is what I thought Alex was nudging towards. Men, men are telling a version that they want to be the truth yeah. to a complete stranger. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. but no, that is not okay. I know it's not okay. Okay. It's more common than you think. I think, I think that what Alex <laughs> is getting at the sexual health clinic is the men are already telling Thinking what they of, want to be the truth as mm. a way of getting the guilt out. So even a, a stranger, a doctor, they'll never see again. They're not going to say, oh, I went to Latvia and no. slept with a prostitute. They're going to make up some more digestible yeah. version of the story, right? Yeah. But I think, you know, the interesting thing, you know, with condoms, a lot of men don't use condoms. What, Why? Condom, what's what, the, are what's condoms unsexy? Girl answer first. Be honest. This is... Right. Oh, Let's be honest here, right? It they are, get, aren't they? Look, they, they are. are. They kill the virus a little it. bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're getting down to it, and then it's like, oh, just a sec. And then you can't open it. And then it's a bit fiddly. Mm. And then you're like, oh. That's too small. I, I think this is. <laughs> Jumbo! <laughs> I think that is a really good point. I think. So I think, I think people get nervous, don't yeah. they? And yeah. they think that they're going to yeah. lose the hard on in the time that it takes to open this condom, etc., etc. So I, it is a bit of a mood yeah. killer. The, the, the whole talk about the, the feeling sensation using condoms, I'm not sure it comes down to that. I think you yeah. actually hit it way more on the head. The men are worried about what the women are going to think about them saying, I'm going to use a condom. Condom. And I think in some ways women are sometimes afraid of saying, well, actually, you need you need to wear a condom. I actually think, from a female perspective, it is so sexy when a guy is safe. Mm. Okay. Do you agree that it's a bit of a mood killer? It does slow things down Particularly a little bit. Particularly if you bit. put it over your head and inflate it like that. <laughs> but what is also... <laughs> what is a definite mood killer is a gonorrhea that you can't cure with antibiotics. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that, yeah. I think that definitely... Do you know what I mean? Genital warts aren't very sexy. So you go out, just say tonight, you meet a guy, you 
of chatting away. He goes back to yours, yeah, and then what and then, <laughs> then, okay. then you're in bed, oh, and, and then he pulls out, then he pulls out a condom. He's fully prepped. Are you thinking? Yes. Oh, how question. are you? The, why did you go out of a condom in your pocket? Is that Good. because you're expecting sex, or are you thinking? And I've heard he's guys smart, say that in the past. He's safe. Yes, I just think AJ. he's what smart. He's no, 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 no. Be honest. What? If I was yeah. like, AJ, I think like, he's a player. If, AJ, if I like, we've been okay. friends for years. I'm taking you to Pizza Express. I'm suddenly single, and you're like, oh, babe. He goes, what do you order? I like, I'd like some doubles, and a condom flew out of my wallet. Come on, man. Date would be over. Do you mean it's true? <laughs> Shut up, AJ. Don't lie. Come not on. on this program. Don't you lie on this program. Not <laughs> here. If, 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 I, if, I, if we were out first date and I was like, yeah, I'll have a sloppy Giuseppe and a condom just dropped out of my wallet. Do you know what? I think maybe it's because I don't sleep with people on the first date, guys. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Or second. Or even third. So forget it, guys. <laughs> don't even bother packing your condoms. But if you do pack them, come here. Because what if I'm up for a bit as well? How do you think a girl would view that, honestly? Like, you pull out a Condom, you're, you're you're prepared, but is he too prepared? That's a bit. That's uh, almost too These are one of the many slick. things that guys worry. They worry. They worry about whether it's, it's going to be sexy. They worry about whether they're going to be judged for having a condom. Yeah. They worry if I use a condom, but I become floppy halfway through, will I not be able to have sex? Yeah. <laughs> but it's things that you know. But it's quite a serious thing. You you know, guys worry about. And we need to. I'm just backing up what we're saying. I think it's so important. If I went back to a girl's house and she went into a bedside drawer and she had like an assortment of condoms, I'd be like. She's why is that why is that an issue though I don't know it's because like she's one type if it was like she wants small medium I'd go like just give me an Uber I'm gone I'm not selecting from your size am I right in saying this that when you do go and visit a sexual health clinic they offer you some free condoms and you get not one free condom but you get a bag you get an assortment of condoms she might have just you know popped in checked herself out she's good to go and keep it that way with this bag of johnny's yeah, yeah i know like um, mot and then back out on yeah. the track Why i know not? you're saying that how would you feel though so you'd rather was, so you would no, rather a woman didn't have condoms no no, no I'm, I'm not saying that there's just the element where i'm like you were so well prepped like you're active like you so that's you're, good. Very, i think that's really good honest i think that's a good safe thing as well. Well. but what it's very honest there yeah. mm. i don't know if you meant to say it but let's be honest here there is amongst men a prejudice if you go back to a girl's house she's like right lube's there on the second shelf there's condom you can go for your pre-shower third you're like hang on a second how many men have passed through Houston do you know what I mean <laughs> uh, it's awful it's interesting. Well, yeah. this no, is the, the way around to be like, real right you know lads 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 if it's exactly. the other way around it's very interesting isn't it and it's <laughs> where, you are you make a very where was it would be much safer if girls girls were like always carry a condom that yeah. would decide it but at the same time there's a prejudice there because if you see a girl that carries a condom yeah. you the prejudice works the other way and girls have a much more uphill struggle against promiscuity absurdly still in 2018 this, no. is, this is brilliant no, I think this conversation is brilliant it, because it, it brings up so, so many issues really and, and really we all should carry condoms we should all insist on in using condoms with, well. with partners we should do that and actually we should all realise that people who carry condoms are doing it for the right reason you know yeah, exactly. but it's, there's so many issues because I always just think like I said I think it's very sexy I think it's very attractive it's actually yeah I really do I'm always turned on more by a guy who I've just started seeing and yeah. he is what about a lube and he's, and is he's a lube holster? is it too much if you've got a holster with lubes in <laughs> I think I think the lube might be a bit much especially if you've not had sex before it's sort yeah. of like but why do we need this you don't know if we need it yet <laughs> the fastest luber in the west <laughs> Yeah. I just 
think we should just all be carrying off these things. Well. <laughs> Sorry, just to make, just put it on the floor and moonwalk in. Right, guys, we have to take a quick break. I mean, if we are sort of still in the audience and injured, we very much are. We're going to take a quick break, and this is a new world. So we are very lucky at Boys Don't Cry to have a nice manly sponsor. Normally, I don't have a clean-shaven guest who can join me in celebrating Harry's razors. Today, I do. I'm looking through you, Udo, hairy bastard. <laughs> but me, uh, me and Alex, we know what the ladies like. They love a cleanly shaven... Clark Kent, isn't it? That's it. Clean shaven, yes, Clark it? Kent. Except you just stay as Superman 24-7, and I stay as Clark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nerdy. I never actually put the cape on, but I love prime numbers. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Harry's razors, weighted ergonomic handle, that's what I'm talking about. Five precision-engineered blades with a lubricating strip, hello, and a trimmer blade. Yes, they're for men, but girls will steal them and use them as well and then ruin them and then pretend they've never used them. Uh, you also get a travel blade cover off when you're out and about in your postcode. So get started shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for £3.95. Uh, support our podcast. You can get it delivered to you. There'll be a razor handle, five blade cartridge, foaming shave gel, travel blade cover. Go to harrys.com forward slash Russell Kane right now. That's harrys.com forward slash Russell Kane. If that wasn't enough, here's something else you can get for less than £3.95 from Joe. It's free. Hello and welcome to Unfiltered. Hello and welcome to Unfiltered. Hello and welcome to Unfiltered. It's a long-form interview series where we get inside the minds of some of the most interesting people from the worlds of entertainment, sport, politics and the media. Each week we spend an hour finding out what makes them tick, why they do what they do and maybe even have a bit of a laugh along the way. Unfiltered is available everywhere you get podcasts, so subscribe now and get yourself at the front of the queue for each and every new episode. Thank you very much, James O'Brien. And James, by the way, please come on here. I'm sick of hearing you find out what other people think. I want to know what you think. Anyway, we're back. It's Boys Don't Cry. And the panel are smashing it like Greeks with a plate at a wedding. We've got Hugo Monier, uh, We've got Dr. Alex George, my favourite Love Island person. I mean, it's a, it's, you're so much more than the programme already. But people need... A, a, like a medical guru but mm. from has come out of that world and gone here I am I've jumped out of Love Island allow me to examine you <laughs> I mean, it must, that doesn't sound weird but yeah it must be a punani tsunami your, <laughs> your Instagram must just go error error every time you go into your DMs. well actually when I actually had my phone that came out of the island with I actually exploded when I turned it on so I had to buy a new one it must have came through it just died it was <laughs> Apple it was iPhone I 6 and it, it literally died I spent months going and I, in fact I've done two festivals this weekend I've spoke about you twice both festivals Leeds and uh Lost Village and both festivals I was like how can we live in a society where the last person to pull is the person that could restart a toddler's heart in the playground <laughs> and the first person to pull is a pen salesman from Kent <laughs> send help well, to well he United does have the great teeth and he's got a lot of chats so I think that's what Jack's have you been getting for. stuck in I mean, this is the left I don't know it's been such a world I haven't I haven't actually been on any dates have you not been on one date have you not no. No. I know something I've always no, wanted I'm to so ask surprised. a doctor I'll tell you something I've always wanted to ask I'm a comedian which means when I go to the comedy club now, I can only enjoy sketch or something like very surreal, something that I can't do. When a doctor goes to bed with a woman or a man, surely 
There must be that anatomizing part of your brain yeah. that says, I can tell by the frequency of the pulsations that orgasm is imminent. <laughs> it must, that must yeah. go off. T minus one minute. <laughs> yeah. no, I think, I think that's just, why I was just like, what are you doing at the beginning? He could probably just touch one of your cell and you'll be like, <laughs> <laughs> like a tsunami of squirting or something. Oh my God. Uh, I, I definitely love that. Mm. It must be a. <laughs> this is so funny. No, no, I've always wanted to ask a doctor this. I've always, I've never had the courage to say, like a girl's like, would you let me take your clothes off? Nothing special for me, but if you must strip, do. Surely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do know what things are, obviously. More than maybe. <laughs> yeah. I'm not looking for a boob on a foot. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's the nipple? That's my yeah, toe. Yeah, Damn it. Wrong place. Yeah. Start again. Because yeah. I remember giving my missus. So we. Oh, bloody hell. So, um, no, no. Did you have to get her to stand behind you and you pass your dick to her like a rocky <laughs> <laughs> Catch this. <laughs> but, but during her labour, I ended up effectively giving her a team talk it does not work it <laughs> oh doesn't my work. God. So, so all the bits and pieces which you hear from like your coach at half time before the game and the rest of it so she's just breathing I was just talking through some breathing techniques all the rest of it and she's like oh I don't know what's happening it's like babe just control the controllables control the controllables I was telling her to control controllables she was just like, she, like I'm she having she a just baby like, fuck off get so out so who of was it. the oppositional team the contractions were like were like was like South Africa <laughs> yeah I mean the oppo- I, I'm, yeah, that's good actually because it was fairly aggressive so maybe it's the all blacks and she was making and she was going and like she was doing the hucker so, <laughs> so she was effectively playing for the all blacks but giving your wife a team talk like a fully fledged team talk while she's in labour heart rate of 200 it doesn't what? Did you do a handoff? Yeah, I handed her off. Well, she handed me off, actually. <laughs> then I went down the business end, delivered, done. And it must be hard for a rugby oh player when you catch God. the baby not to pass it to the midwife. Like, oh, get it. Spin, spin. Hey, babe, on Instagram live. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was fun. Well, fun for me, not so much for her. No. So have you, have you delivered any babies then? Yeah, I have. I worked on uh, a labour ward for four or five months. I absolutely loved it. I think it's just amazing. Like, yeah. you know, This incredible. is the one women wheel out all the time, okay? This is the prejudice we have to put up with, guys. You guys don't, I'm doing AJ's voice, don't know what pain is. Women give birth. That's yeah. real pain. Men will never know what pain is. Is this true, Alex? Do women have a higher pain threshold than men? I think pain is unique to everyone. I, I see people with certain, say, for example, an injury, and, you th- and one person will be sat there screaming their heads off, and the other person will be sat there completely fine, and not always necessarily related to, to their gender, but you know, there's no doubt like giving birth is incredibly painful. It's Could men do deal with, con- let's just pretend it's anatomically, mm, mm, mm. anatomically, anatomically possible, possible to give yeah. birth? Could men do it? I think men could do it. They'd have to kind of let some of their kind of, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm too tough, and then kind of crying all over the floor, go. But yeah, they would be all right, I think. I think we'd, I think we'd manage it. Until you have a baby, I think you'd never know how painful it is, isn't it? So when... Yeah, and I'm not... friends have dropped a sprog, and uh, so describe the pain to you. Oh, all of my mates oh. have sprogged out. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, uh, have any of them spoke to you about pain? <laughs> <laughs> Wrong question. <laughs> yeah, everyone... It's, it's quite funny, because my Ghanaian mate, Veronica... Was like I don't know what all in this my mind is about. she's Glaswegian or something or a comedy actor, she, but she's from Blackburn, Lancashire like, as well. We're the only ones, and she was like, um, I don't get it. It was just so easy. Like her labour was really quick, yeah. and for her it was really like so like, pain free. So it was like my mate Emma described it as she was like, it's like the worst period pain in your life. That doesn't sound also, that bad. Excuse me, period pains are very, very, very yeah, painful. If I, said, if I said, right, I'm going to go and play rugby and get knocked out and wake up being filmed or I can have a bad period pain. 
Well, what would you do? I'd have the bad period, period pain. pain. 100%. Oh, oh double even, drop from two of us. Okay, now you I've can't not... even question it. I've not been knocked out, but what I imagine getting knocked out in the way that you got knocked out is like... Bang! Quick shot. You wouldn't have known anything, would you? You were out cold. It's gone. You're just out cold, <laughs> and that's that. Yeah, but, yeah, but then your neurons and IQ get reset, according to Alex. Yes. Yeah. Ego couldn't do maths for a year. No, yeah, and but that's not painful, is it? That's not painful. You're just missing a it few seconds. It is cells. painful so, being bullied for being rubbish at maths. And <laughs> but, but how long <laughs> were you? Were you were in pain when you came round though? Weren't I you? was in pain. Yeah. Was you? Pain for? For a while, like you got my. I mean, okay, so you're. I am not now. Not comparing this to. Giving birth, by no, the way. we should, because this is a show about... We can't experience that. I'd love to grow a baby. I'd love to feed a baby. In my lifetime, it's probably not going to ha- happen, mm. right? Mm. So all we can do is compare mm. our typical yeah. gender experiences mm. of pain and control. Well, so well, I'm saying, other... right, so you go, right? Yeah. So your message, you've got a young one, right? Yeah. So... Well, you young miss, not a young missus, just to be clear. No, she's, a young she's, child. She's younger. A young child. 18 months. Right, oh, yeah. so this applies to both of you. Okay. Great. So did your partners breastfeed? Yeah. Okay, so yes. you First, have probably ex- uh, experienced them saying... Until the colostrum had extinguished, then we struggled. But right, yeah. so you've, oh, you've experienced both of your wives saying to you, my... Tits are really sore. They feel really tender. My nipples are bleeding. One of my best mates had blisters on her nipple. I mean, that does not sound good to me. This is after her fanny has literally been ripped apart by a child coming through it. And you're just like, this is awful. (laughs) And it doesn't even, it doesn't even get any easier. If you've had a C-section, you know, the way that you described it, Dr. Alex, on Love Island was ridiculous. It's like, you have to do this cut. You have to tear it up and it's even interesting. People after see C-sections C-section. as the easy option, isn't it? Yeah. But actually, people get so much pain afterwards. I should say that for most people, pain can be well controlled in pregnancy, whether you C-section or well, what's typically a natural birth yeah. within virtual commas. But it's still a major abdominal surgery. There's two Absolutely. things I want to talk about here. A, I don't know how we got on C-section, but I suppose <laughs> men, it, I was trying to explain this to someone over the weekend as a woman was having a go at me. She's like, look, you guys, you can have everything. You can't have birth and pregnancy. That's mm. our topic. And I... So what I said to her is like, if you got, imagine like being so emotionally involved with something that has mm. nothing to do with your body. It is quite confusing for a bloke. I'm not suggesting it's <laughs> physically traumatic, yeah. but to be a shit assistant manager for a year, just stood at the side feeling useless, but feel totally overwhelmed is an odd contrast. It is leading, there's a report just last week, to a lot of mental health issues in men, some postnatal stuff in men, which we daren't discuss because we haven't given birth, right? Yeah. Doesn't count. That's one thing. Secondly, That's there is, is there not, Alex? So, Lindsay, my wife, had a C-section, and mm-hmm. she actually had real women, inverted commas, coming up to and go, you're so lucky, babe, that all you had was a cesarean section. That's awful. So lucky. Now, when yeah. those girls had mm. finished picking up their teeth from the floor, they thought about what they'd said. Well, so there's a hierarchy of pain yeah. is what I'm talking yeah. about, right? Yeah. They bring it back to, to men, you, you know, the perception of what something is seen, the value that's put on that is quite interesting. Like, I passed a kidney stone, and I can say it's bloody painful that's probably now the that's worst thing ever more painful than birth would you back that statement up I could say I what can't imagine women? much more pain in my life oh, no. there must be that women bad. that have passed a kidney stone and given birth but yeah who have said that it's, I've heard people say that it's, it's very similar levels of pain yeah, there you it go it is painful birth is as bad as a kidney stone therefore men can take it they can take it we've proved that men could give birth because Alex has birthed I imagine I imagine <laughs> that anyone could get through any level of pain if mm. they know that the reward is a child as well it's like you guys yeah. getting kicked in the ball 
lols. You're not going to get kicked in the balls just for lols. But if you had a beautiful daughter at the end of it, you'd be like, do you know what? That was really painful. But I think the rumor that, I don't know, I'm considering childless, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. A kick in the nose. It's funny you should mention it's the one thing we haven't spoken about because it is one of the single most painful things with least impact that can happen to a man yeah. is to be kicked in the nuts. I mean, we, how, how we've missed this, I don't know. When I was 19, there's a thing called Nadage. Nadage. Right. It's where someone came up to you and just flicked one of your nuts and ran off. They go, Nadage, and you'd have to get flicked on the nuts. You'd be like, Ugh! A nut flick is awful, isn't it? It's horrific. It's absolutely <laughs> horrific. I'm, I'm certainly not trying to compare this to childbirth mm. once again. Yeah, no, compare Cause, it. Because I actually think a lot of the trouble actually kind of occurs when females and males try and compare that yeah. oh, we've done this that that can't be as bad as yeah. this one not and I remember my missus she had a baby about a week so I've got three prolapse discs in the bottom of my spine and it's just like plagued me my whole career that's quite late into the recording to bring out the most impressive injury yeah, yeah. That, that, I mean it's it's not great so when, when we brought a baby home the missus was doing everything she was like breastfeeding so I was just dog's body I was like her going and doing the food shop and I was doing everything that I could to support her and in doing that and in our bath I was bathing our child every single night but in bending over and doing that my back kept going into spasm oh, no. so a week after she had birth she's given birth you're like oh my back's quite hurt from helping you you I get knocked out <laughs> I got a physio come to the house to give me a massage she was furious <laughs> of course and I was like I'm sure you're sore but also my back's in spasm like, <laughs> there's mean, nothing I can do about it but and you're pulling the face and it's like she was exactly the same she was like I cannot believe a week after I've given birth you're going to matter and I was like there's no need to compare my injury with yeah. what you've gone through but the prejudice of pain I need it like, <laughs> I was like I literally can't function but it's she couldn't get her head around there's yeah. a, one last one last thing and we have to do have to talk about the bleakest of all subjects to finish death of course do men approach the end of life differently to women is there no difference is it the great unifier that brings us together at the end do you notice a gender difference here or is is it the great unifying leveler i think everyone actually reacts differently when it comes to facing death and knowing maybe in the last days or weeks of life i think actually yeah, I think it's, it's in an individual basis. Maybe that mm. genocide's taken away because all your concerns or your all your all the things that you, oh, I don't want, you know, am I going to find out I've got something wrong with that? You know that there's something going wrong, something wrong, and you, you maybe are aware that you're coming to the end of your life. So I actually think it depends on that person. Then it really there's comes a, down. There's definitely that, an so. age difference, though. I think so like someone in their twenties or thirties gets ill reacts a lot different to someone in their eighties that gets ill. I was just going to say actually that at the moment my mum's starting to talk very matter of fact about death. She's been talking about the fact that no matter what, she wants to get buried in Nigeria. That she's already got the funds to fly her dead body back to Nigeria when that mm-hmm. happens when her body is back in Nigeria this is where it needs to be buried and I think that's an age thing as well she's just getting a bit older and my dad exactly the same thing when he got diagnosed with prostate cancer it was like right let's sort out the bill let's do this let's do that and they just get I think sometimes in later life people just get sensible they sort of try and remove the emotion and they're like okay this is really sad but I just need to put a few things in place before I um, take it I I chat to my dad last week and he lost his brother two weeks ago 
And I was chatting to him and he was like, oh, I feel really sad. All the rest of it, we had a good conversation about it. And then the level of perspective, it was such a massive gear change. Mm. He started talking to me about how much he appreciates me and this and that. And I was a bit like waiting for the end of the conversations for him to be like, actually, I've got this going on. But it wasn't. It was just the sheer understanding and, and acceptance. And we all accept we're going to die. Like, no one's ever lived forever. But but don't you think men are slightly worse that? Like, we have to have, like, the near-death heart attack or an uncle yeah. or a brother yeah. die before we... Absolutely. Before always face up to some responsibility or something we do wrong whereas the women certainly in my life tend to naturally Mm. become more circumspect as they age without Mm. the near-death heart attack whereas Mm. i've got a couple of bastard men in my family arseholes their whole life they'd survive a heart attack and come out of it you know christians and it takes it takes that (laughs) moment of of seeing you know looking looking death in the eye if you like and and realizing you've you've nearly passed away that that then makes you change all the things you knew wrong everyone knows most people know that smoking's bad drinking too much alcohol's bad being overweight is bad, but it takes sometimes that personal experience for you to go, actually, I need to change something, yeah. I need to do it fast. It does, it does happen. Is there a gender difference in the fear of death? Because the statistics would suggest there are, Alex. So last mm. week we, we were talking about cheating. The, the other week we were talking about cheating and something came out which surprised me. The decade of a man's life where he's most likely to cheat is his 70s if he's in a long-term relationship. <laughs> so a man in a long-term relationship, <laughs> what, most, what does that tell you? That tells you there's something in men that's more likely towards the end of life panic panic what haven't i achieved call it sexist Mm. call it patriarchal society of men doing stuff but a panic of what i've not done not a fear of death itself Mm. of the pain of death but the fear of not doing i bet you if we Mm. did a linguistic analysis Mm. the women might speak about lost loves and relationships more and i know how horrific and sexist this sounds but i can only give you the stats and the men would talk in terms of done this done that right is that a Mm. fair comment in your anecdotal experience or not yeah i think you know there is there's some element of that i think that is fair it's crazy, man. I mean, uh, we, can't, we literally can't go any further unless you want to go into afterlife. There is an afterlife. Yeah, well, I think that's a big p- part of it. Oh, here I we think, go. No, 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 genuinely, no, but genuinely, faith, faith and people who believe in afterlife, it does give them some sort of comfort towards the end of their life, I think. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time. Thank you for being an awesome panel. We have gone deep, silly, rude, tender. It's gone absolutely everywhere from illness and injury this happens every week so thank you very much to my panel that's it from boys don't cry this week thanks to my guests dr alex george hugo monier and aj adudu if you've missed an episode then you can go back and listen via itunes or wherever you get your podcasts don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you liked it if you didn't then you can fuck off because i've got nothing for you and i hope you're in pain (laughs) 